Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to So What Now, uh, episode number 28, 28. Um, we got our boy, Mr. Mike Cuesta. What's up everybody, what's up? How you doing Mike? Good, Vic, how are you tonight? We also got his sister Rosalie here in the house tonight. Rosalie Cuesta. Hi. You know the vibes, you know the vibes. <laughs> um, we cooking things up tonight. Um, we'll start this conversation. Um, you know, so Mr. Mike. You know, we had your last half on the, on the episode. Um, what's new with you? What's new with me? Uh, so, uh, I moved down to Mass recently. I'm back in North Andover with the boys, Vic, Vega, everybody. I'm um, glad to be down here looking for some work in the healthcare industry still. Uh, it's going pretty well, but, you know, COVID sort of slowed things down, but that's a later topic, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I can say that for um, sure. So, yeah, that's the, that's the newest thing with me right now. Um, everyone's healthy, everyone's good, you know. Good, good. Happy to hear that. Happy to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Um, what was what made you want to move over to Mass? I know you were living in Maine. Uh, so Maine's pretty chill. I love Maine, but I definitely had to get out of there. It's pretty slow, uh, slow-moving state, so it's a lot more exciting down here and a lot more opportunities, honestly. And uh, my sister got an opportunity to move down to Massachusetts as well, so we actually got a place together, and um, things are looking pretty good. Yeah, of course, always family first, you know. Oh um, yeah. When was the last time you guys were together like this, living? Um, like way back in like the 2000s, like, I think you were in high school, Rosalie, right? Yeah, early, early 2000s. Yeah, and I was just going to elementary school, like up the road, so that was probably the last time we lived, lived together. That's dope. What do you, what do you say is going to be the biggest struggle of you guys living together? Attitude. Attitude. (laughs) Who who runs the house? From, oh, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we definitely, it's just that sibling rivalry, you know, so she's the big sister. She's got to come down on me. I'm the little brother. I'm going to fight back a little bit. Como debe ser. Como debe ser. <laughs> so Rosalie, so you've been in the military for how long now? Uh, I was in for four years. I recently got out three years ago. How was your experience? Um, overall, it was good. I met a lot of people. I met people that I literally call my best friends today and we visit each other. Actually, she'll be here visiting me in September. So I have so many friends that we go back and forth. And so it's just like, it's like for you guys, like your school was like a brotherhood. For me, that was like a sisterhood. Like I met so many people. For sure, yeah. How many places have you lived? A lot. <laughs> Say some a states. Lot. Say some um, states now. San Diego. I lived state? in Washington <laughs> State. I live, well, I'm, I'm actually... To, like my brother was born in Jersey, so we Jersey, Connecticut, New York. I live in Florida. I live in Georgia, Texas, Maine. Georgia. Yes, I live in Georgia. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> wow. What was I've your favorite around, state to live in? Definitely Washington. I loved it. A Why lot is of people, that? A lot of people wouldn't like it just because it rains all the time. So a lot of people think it's very depressing because of the rain, but I actually love the rain, so I enjoyed it. Mm. What was the most exciting thing you did in Washington? Um, I went to the Space Needle. It was pretty cool the space needle huh? in seattle yeah pretty cool so basically how long were you there for i was there for almost two and a half years roughly and now that you were stationed out there right is that what it was yes that's okay. how long i was there yeah mm-hmm. and so what you do in the military so i was a cook for the most part i enjoyed it because i like to cook so i enjoyed <laughs> it but for me it was very like it, it took a toll on me just like the hours waking up at like three two you know in the morning and it was like it took a toll on me so i literally decided that it was time for me to use my gi go back to school like i got experience and then i don't have any debt so that's pretty good for me to be able to go to school for free and get paid to go to school so that that was big for me what are you looking to study so i actually i'm already in school this is why we move here (laughs) because (laughs) i got accepted to umass boston so we moved out here so i can continue my education over there for sociology and psychology What are your future plans? Probably do something human resources in the military as a contractor, but I don't want to be in anymore. But I definitely want those benefits just because like I've already served and I can use that time to retire and I can retire before I'm 50. Wow. So what would you recommend to people who, who like, for example, me, Vega, you know, where where we graduated and maybe we would think about wanting to join the military or the service? What would that process be for just like anyone who would want to do that right now? More so for people like you guys, because all of you went to school, you have your degrees. Most of you guys have a master at this point. 
the route that will be more beneficial for you will be an officer just because you have so much experience when it comes to education so you will bring so much more to the table as an officer and enlisted is more so people that haven't gone to school or don't really have that education that background but for you guys it will be way more beneficial to come in as an officer and truly make a difference because officers make a huge difference in the military as an officer what do you do though as an officer it it's, like it, it's just yeah you be managing like companies platoon things like that and there's there's some cases like if you have a degree in a specific field you will still be doing that you will still be doing your work but you will still have that title as, as an officer whether it be a major a lieutenant a second lieutenant whatever the case <laughs> are we joining are we joining the military pick? <laughs> yeah. i would love to see it i would love to see you guys <laughs> So would it be highly recommended? So what if you were, how do I want to phrase this? What if you met an 18, 17 year old on the streets and they want to go to the military, right? For example. Right. But they're torn on the part of, you know, that fear of just like having to go for so long and whatnot. Mm -hmm. what, what advice would you give them? Go for it. I know it sounds crazy as like. We're young. Let's say like you're 17, you're 18, you just move out of your house and you, or perhaps you're still living at home with your parents. But the independence that you gain, the just so many opportunities that are brought to you is is like you can't even describe it. You know what I mean? It's something that I will do it all over again. Like you, you get a sense of independence. You get a sense to serve your country, which is one of the biggest things. And then on top of that, when you get out, you still have all these benefits. Like there's so many kids right now, not throwing shade, but there's so many people right now that went to college and they own so much money. Like they owe a shit ton of money. Like you shouldn't have to be paying that much for school. You shouldn't have to get out of school to be in debt. Like, you haven't even gotten a job yet, but you already have debt. Like, and, and I think it's, that part of it is beneficial, is beneficial because you can go in and serve three years, serve four years, but hey, when you get out, you can go to school. When you get out, you're not going to owe $50,000, $40,000, whatever the case. I don't even know because I don't pay for it. But just overall, it's just, it's just something that I will tell anybody. It is an experience that you cannot get it elsewhere. Like, you have to, you have to do it. Just so you can see it for yourself. That's respect. Yes, for sure. What would you say would be like one downside of you know not being a civilian anymore? I saying like what? Um, just like that that change in like life. Just like knowing that like you're military personnel. Yeah, you're like a military personnel. Um, that there, there's a lot of pride in that. Um, right. But at the same time, we do see a lot of things like in the news uh, mm -hmm. of just like a, uh, what happened with uh, Vanessa, mm -hmm. if I'm correct, who she was based, I'm not sure what yeah. state, but they Texas. in Texas, Fort Hood, Texas. Fort Hood, Texas. Texas. and they just found her buried in the woods, and I think there was another person who he did kill himself. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, what would you want, like the future of... The, the military service to be or like if you would want any change per se for me basically is me being in i and a lot of my my battle bodies will agree there's just a lack of leadership so when i talk about like officers that's a leadership position so you're literally making a difference so for me i feel like there's there's a lack of training when it comes to leaders there's a lot of people in the military, it's easy to get promoted so long as you can read a book, so long as you can memorize the soldier's creed, the NCO creed, which is like a non-commissioned officer, like a sergeant. So long as you can do those things, you can get promoted. But then at the same time, they're not looking at the fact that are you a good leader? Are you going to be there when somebody comes to you with an issue? If somebody is being sexually harassed, are you going to report it? Are you going to go to IG? Are you going to do anything? EO, whatever the case. So the, one of the biggest things like, yes, that that's just part of life. And not saying it like just to be blunt, but that's part of life. Any work that you go in, there's gonna there's going to be bad leadership. There's gonna be that bad apple. And so sadly, Fort Hood right now is the bad apple of the army. And that's what we're dealing with at this point. But hopefully for the future, like the best way for a solution for that is just better training and better leaders, just because right now we're lacking that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that I like I think it that shouldn't be like a um, an overcast to the military. Because mm -hmm. again, Correct. you know, you're serving your country. Um, you do get a lot of benefits, and there's a lot of pride, you know. There's a lot of military families uh, out there, and, you know, I do think that people shouldn't see that and think that they should just, like, 
um, not go into the service, but they should they should want to go in to ch to make change, you know, to 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 become better. Right. So do you think there's a question for all you guys? Um, yep. Do you think you're born a leader, or do you actually uh, like learn it over time? Like, does it come naturally to people, or is it learned over time? I would say it's it's probably learned over time. Um, I mean, just by your own upbringing and the the environment you're exposed to, that has a huge influence on on a young person's mind. So, um, I mean, necessarily, like you can say, people are born with certain traits or certain abilities. But um, I think leadership is something that you have to physically work for and mentally like prepare yourself for as well because once you try to take that leadership role in any kind of position whether it's military or healthcare or even just like a manager at a domino's pizza like you're taking on something that's bigger than yourself and you need to apply everything you have towards it right we all agree are we torn i agree no i agree, <laughs> I totally agree. no yeah because it's something that comes with time you know some people are better leaders than others but you know, it's something that everyone can work in progress with. I think the most important thing in a leadership role, even though I really haven't really been in one because I'm so young, but um, <laughs> uh, it's learning from your mistakes, right? And then, Absolutely. and then applying yourself to actually want to do something better, bigger than yourself, as you were just saying. So I think more leaders in this country and actually stepping up to be a leader. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. fear that position as well because yeah. of all the responsibilities that come with it. And those but, are the first steps of becoming a leader and like taking right. that ownership it's breaking through that like stigma and fear of can i do it or should i do it you know yeah. what do you uh i was gonna ask you guys <laughs> go ahead do you guys believe like as well as like being a leader when we talk about like is it a combination of either like you learn it or you just born naturally a leader do you guys feel like when it comes to like culture, family, anything like that, does that have any type of influence on whether somebody's going to become a leader, whether somebody even has the the capability of being one? So like, you mean like different, different cultural backgrounds and stuff? Right. Does that at all change the aspect of whether like that person will grow up to be a leader? How they grow up, the family dynamics, things like that. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at it from like, and this is like very like personal to like some of us, if you look at it from like an immigrant standpoint, mm -hmm. like um, those parents of those families have to make uh, uh, almost like a life or death decision to um, come over to the States and risk everything they have back home just to bring their family over. And um, growing up in a family where you see um, people older than you see uh, doing those things, it kind of instills like this, this like setting of like, Mm -hmm. um, a hard work ethic and like always striving to like do something greater than yourself and like give back to others I guess like from that sort of background it's it's not necessarily a leadership position but but a position where others will see you as a leader even though you don't physically put yourself there um, if that sort yeah of yeah no I think sense. it's like it's like um you're working for it it's like it's a, not silent, like given a silent to you. leader yeah you know, sort of yeah cuz you it has more meaning because you want you want to be that leader and, and you want to work for it yeah. and you want to you want to have greatness yeah exactly no i agree i think it also where like who you're immersed with too like you know you come from like a a different background right like growing up in portland maine as opposed to victor and i growing up in lawrence mass yeah. like you see different types of leaders right exactly so I think being exposed to diversity as well is is a huge thing because not only are you working with, you know, predominantly like uh, a majority of like a population race or something, you got to be able to connect with everybody. So I think, yeah, di like the diversity aspect definitely yeah. helps because it helps you understand where they're coming from or another mm -hmm. person's coming from. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> We're just vibing. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I don't know where we should switch the tables to. I don't know. There's a lot of shit going on. I, <laughs> I want to get your little opinions on this because we've it's been happening for for too long. What do you, what do you guys? Uh, I know it's such a broad question, but how can we fix police brutality? How can we reform the police department? No, I, I don't think necessarily defunding the police would work. Um, for example, Lawrence Mass, I saw a post on Twitter that um, 
like the yearly budget is like 15 million um, for Lawrence. And people are like, yeah, they should take money from that and give it more to the school. But if you look at Lawrence as a city, um, we need the police there. And I don't think that we should have less in the city. Um, so uh, it's, it's more of working on trust. You know, I think a big thing that you hear now is community policing. Um, and that seems to work as just like the police trying to, you know, be more human per se. Because every time someone can see like a police officer, there's always some sort of uh, resentment or or a sense of being scared just because of the unknown. Because some people seem to detach that police are still human. Um, and there's a lot of fright to that. Um, so I don't know. Necessarily, like when, for example, if you were to get stopped by a police officer, Mike, or yeah. Rosalie, you guys are people of color, right? For sure. <laughs> were you ever scared ever by a police officer, knowing that you have that, I guess that stereotypical, like, look to yourself? Um, I don't think I'd ever, I would ever say I was scared. Um, I mean, obviously, like like Vic said, you know, you get pulled over by a cop, you don't really know what they're pulling you over for, um, so there's that sort of, um, like, dread, I guess, of like, oh, fuck, I just got pulled over, you know, um, but never did I ever, like, fear that, like, something could happen that they would try to hurt me if I did something wrong, or, because I, I mean, I, I always, like, like, give them my license or registration, whatever they want, and I'm always very, like, compliant and nice, because there's no need to, like, retaliate, I guess, in any sort of way, if you know you're in the right, if you know you're in the right, why would you even stray from just doing what they're saying. Um, but no, I, I would never say I've, I've ever like feared or anything like that. How about you, Rosalie? Um, I don't mean to sound like I, I don't see the bigger picture. I don't see what's going on. But for the most part, I just recently, like we got pulled over driving here from Colorado, my yep. brother and I. In Pennsylvania. We got pulled over because my windows were too tinted. And so it was illegal in that state, which I'm not from Pennsylvania, so I wouldn't know. I was just driving right. through. But... I wasn't necessarily scared, and I'm not naive in any way, but for the most part, I understand that no matter what, whether what's happening, I understand, like, we still have to be respectful when we get pulled over. We can't just be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get pulled over. They're going to be racist. Like, we can't just stereotype everybody and automatically assume that you're going to get mistreated. For the most part... I mean, the, the guy that pulled us over, he was he a was state white. trooper. He was, and he was a white male. And, and he was very polite to us. Very polite. polite and I was just like, hey, we're just driving through. We're moving to Massachusetts, whatever the case. And he was like, all right, well, we're just letting you know your windows are way too dark. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't live <laughs> yeah, here. <laughs> you know, and he was like, all right, just you're cool. And he was very, very nice. And it's just at the same time, like, we have to be mindful that we need to respect others as well. Because obviously, if I got pulled over that day and I was already... You know, like, oh, he's a motherfucking racist, blah, blah, blah. And I was already, like, starting with my attitude. That that would have made the situation worse to begin with. So we have to be mindful as well. And I'm in no way taking sides. Um, I really don't take sides. But I understand, too, that it goes both ways. Like, the police officer, if he sees me that I'm already riled up and I'm already upset and I'm already in a bad mood, like, he's going to be in a bad mood as well. So I think we all get caught up on the whole factor when thing goes things go really, really wrong towards one <clears throat> side of the situation. And then we start to forget about the reality of, you know, these are other people in other people's shoes as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, they're human beings as well. So like, we all make mistakes. And I think, I think we tend to forget that those are humans too. <clears throat> I mean, like you just said, the army has bad apples as well, right? It's the same thing that with the police officers as well. But... I think, in my opinion, there should be more training in the police department. I think it's a little too easy to get to a police officer position. Isn't it like six weeks? No. Yeah, I six think it's weeks. six weeks. It's, yeah, yeah it's, no, pretty it's pretty short. Pretty short. I read something the other day. It said I thought that it was either six weeks it's or six easy, it's, it's harder to become a barber, like the time frame of training, than it is to become a police officer. Like from like becoming enrolled to... like getting the like like the time of training the overall time of training i don't know i think more background checks as well i mean i'm not saying it's not hard enough Mm -hmm. obviously because i'm sure they have to do some like pretty like mental and strenuous things to get there i mean i'm not a cop myself i I can't really speak on that but maybe like 
definitely adding more time to the training, maybe like a year or something like that, or they go on like some type of probational period or like a trial where they go out for a few months and they have to be like audited or yeah, kind of like a checks and balances, yeah. like every year, like checking, like, like the, yeah, well, how's their mental health, how they're progressing what, exactly. before they like legitimately go out on their own. You know, I feel like that would be a pretty you know, sane thing to do, or or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I know for sure. Like, if a police officer is ever in a shooting, I know they they do have to take a few days off. They have to go see someone and talk to someone. Um, so I know they do have some procedures in place um, to help that, but they they do need more. But do you think, um, sorry to cut you off, Vic, no. do you think like different states have different laws or, or rules that the cops mm-hmm. have to abide by? So yeah. it's like in one state maybe they do have all those mental checks and balances, but in another state they might not even like... Do you think it should be like a, like a federal law? As opposed to like different states having police... Maybe to like... Absolutely. To like a, a degree where they get okay. all the like mental, physical, all that stuff out of the way. That's like the bar and then... From there on, each state can, like, pick and choose specific things, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, I think that would work because, for example, you have, like, for example, barber, you have to take a test to get your barber license. To be a nurse, you have to take your boards. To be a doctor, you have to take your boards. To be a lawyer, you have to um, take the... The bar? The bar, the bar exam. So it's like police officers should probably have a national test in place that they can take just at a base... Um, Unless there like already is, I. I don't think there is though, because I think for the most part, like states run their own, or cities run their own police departments. Yeah. So it's not like it's funded by the states, (laughs) but I'm not sure if it's funded federally. Yeah, it must be though. I think money wise, but not education. But can I ask you something? So when I think about taking a test or I think about taking an exam, these are things that you can study for. For the most part, like you can study for the bar, you can study for the LSAT, you can study for all those things. So it's like I can easily take my take my book, memorize it, pass it, but still continue to do the fucked up shit that I do. So at the same time, like accountability has to be way more than just an exam, way more than just a test, a quiz, just for the most part, because anybody can pass a test. All you got to do is study. But then are you, how are you going to show who you really are on paper? That really can't tell them like that. Are, like, are you carrying those values all the way through? Exactly. You know? Yeah, no, and I, no, I agree with that because I think one one way they can do that is like body cameras, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes officers don't turn their body cameras on, or they turn it off, or they block it. So it's like that should do be a all set. officers have body? Cameras? Not all of them, but some states that have like the funds for it that they can have. Yeah, they they'll do it. But then there should be like procedures that say, hey, you can't turn your camera off, or hey, you can't block your camera if this is happening, because that happens a lot too. That, that I agree with 100%. Evidence, yeah. But in terms of like, you know, I just see like too many of those things like history repeat itself type of thing, but like it's drawn towards like those state laws. Just like the Florida one, the, I forget what that Which one's one? called, um, that if you feel threatened that you can pull out your gun and shoot someone and you're protected by the law. It's kind of like the whole Trayvon Martin case that happened. But he he got away with it. But that's a law in Florida that you can get away with. But it wouldn't be, apply to Massachusetts, for example. Yeah. I think those discrepancies are like yeah, that's oh, huge. Th- those are loopholes. That's huge. Just like in businesses, we're like stopping, there's mad we're stopping loopholes. Stopping us from driving down Florida right now and using that. I know. That's what I'm saying. And just driving right back up here. But I mean, I mean, the 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 hard part of that is that you still have state rights. So it's like you still have morals and ethics that each state presents itself with. So it's like mass, yeah, more liberal than that's never going to be a thing. But it's like you have southern states that they're like, yeah, this is my land. I'm going to protect it my way or, or the highway. But when <laughs> does but when does politics become too much into something that has nothing to do with police? I mean, it, it it's it's hard to really judge how far we can push something um, until you have the backlash from the from the population because that's why i think it's hard to ever have a set set of laws like federally for example because each state they have a different population they have um like for example new hampshire it's right it's right next to the mass border um you can get a gun there right do they have a lot of shootings in new hampshire 
Not that I know of. No. Do you have a lot of mass? Yeah. So it, it's hard to, to have a set base when people in each state are doing their own thing. Like, we can't compare mass to Chicago, and we can't compare California to New Hampshire. Because, like, doesn't California have strict gun laws, too? I'm pretty sure. But there's a lot of shootings. So it's more of a, it's sad to say, it's more of a people problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we can't reform people. The, that's very Absolutely. true. I, um, I haven't thought about it. That the pop, yeah. It's like, you know what, you brought up a great, great point. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, basically in the sense of, um, how do I want to say this? It's like these people are given power, are giving power to the wrong people. You know what I mean? It's like that whole policing thing is just like you're giving people power, like the incorrect amount of people or the incorrect people, yeah. the too much power. You know what I mean? Like they can, they're holding a gun, but they can be a psychopath. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't think we should have like a bunch of KKK members running around with guns everywhere Facts. legally <laughs> because they hate black people. You know what I mean? And that does happen because you do have people who are just like, um, what that, what the white anarchists or something like that, who are just like white power all the way, you know, but, but <laughs> what, but see, this is, this is another like sad part too. What makes them per se bad that they shouldn't own a gun? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't that still go back to constitutional, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I do think though the constitution should which people probably adapt. are not going to hate it, but they, it should adapt, right? Yeah, to the when time. Was that, when was that bad boy written? Oh, I, I mean, we should know, but... Seventeen hundreds. I should know 17, that. 17. History lesson. <laughs> I don't know. But no, that's, that, that's, that's definitely true. I mean... Definitely. <laughs> but it's hard. When... So, the big question is, like, going right back at you know there's too many things to reform them you know education teaching kids from a young age um even in like high school or whatnot like you said people are going to make their own choices no matter what uh, environment they live in so you can live up in a rich white neighborhood or you can grow up you know somewhere really poor so mm -hmm. i don't know it's just uh a <laughs> but why can't we do as just you know as people like what can we do i guess to start change i won't say make a change because this is a long time coming and so it's not something that's happening overnight and then we see the riots everybody protesting like what can we really do that's sensible that we can do in order to move forward a bit i think i think it starts with um properly prosecuting police officers that do these wrongful actions I mean some of these a lot of these police officers get away with it you know what I mean I think that's the main issue why people are protesting so much it's not of course race is involved in it but just police brutality in general, in general. you know what I mean so I think these guys should be held accountable yeah. rightfully and even if it's third second degree first degree murder you know those sentences are completely different for each one yeah. So I think automatically most of these police officers should get 25 to life if you murder someone wrongfully. So I mean, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of assault as well. Yeah, it's no, not, there's it's not just murders. No, it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, playing devil's advocate again, though. So, <laughs> um, so you, for example, you said in Florida they have the right to shoot if you do feel scared. Correct. Yeah. So, if that police officer. Even if they did the worst thing in the world, they truly felt that their life was at stake. Truly felt. Would you be okay with them killing someone? Well, I mean, you, you have to take it like case Which by is case. weird because you have to take it case by case. Yeah. And we can't go into someone's mind and think what they're thinking. Exactly. So it, it's, it's really hard to, to see like at that point in their mind what were they going through. But that's why I think... Well, you, you also have to look at, like, the moments leading up to pulling the trigger. I mean, were they actually yeah. trying to protect themselves? Did they yeah. give... Did they, like, rightfully, as the... 
whatever police officer code is that they go through every single like check mark down the list I do yeah. this I yeah, like do non-lethal this. Yeah. Per, non-lethal yeah. methods first give all the warnings all that yeah. like if they truly did all that and then yeah. they got to that point then like you can definitely take their side but if they bypassed all that and in five seconds they decide to pull the trigger I mean that's what the training's for that shows that that officer wasn't maybe ready to be in that situation mm-hmm. yeah and I fully totally agree yeah, George know? Floyd they shouldn't have been on his neck that long mm-hmm. another thing about that though if it wasn't for that video we would not be talking about this right now. Isn't that sad scary? thing. Sad thing about that because this is probably happening That's a lot more than we actually yeah. thought mm-hmm. it would. But good thing. It's a good and bad thing that we have media because it's also bad. Just like everything. Everything yeah. can be good and bad, but in moderation, you know, you'll be good with it. But without that video, we're not at this moment right now. And they came out with extensive clips of that video with um, surveillance cameras from different stores and different perspectives. It was clear that that guy wanted to kill that guy so i guess i'll rephrase what i said earlier about the whole gun thing if you truly feel threatened like even whether or not you're in florida or not if you really truly feel threatened that man was not threatened who put his knee on his on that guy's neck you know what i mean he was in cuffs already he was already in cuffs i mean we, we were just talking the other day about it they guy said why can't he just put him in the back of the car or something you know yeah even if you like threw him in there just close the door exactly you know, there's, there's no need to i mean that's a tough position to get up from if your hands are behind your back and, that's right you know it did take me like i don't know 40 seconds to get up so <laughs> i mean definitely um overexertion of force and then unfortunately this just reminding me um i don't know if you guys read about it at all but i was reading a news article this happened i think it was in new york i think some some park in new york probably central park i'm not sure there was a lady that was walking her dog mm-hmm. and yes. then remember when i told yeah, about it and so the gentleman he was he loved to go bird watching in the morning that's all he was doing but because the dogs were near him it was hard for him to really like get them to come to him and whatever else he was doing and so the lady a white lady was like well i feel threatened Mind you, there were posted signs that she was supposed to keep her dog on a leash. Her dog was not on a leash. So he was asking her politely, I'm like, can you please put your dog on a leash because it's disrupting my view. And so the lady got upset, called the cops. She was like, well, I'm calling the cops because I'm feeling threatened. I'm telling them a black man is threatening me. And the, the fact that she can even weaponize him being black, that was fucking scary. That he wasn't, and this was in, on video. So like you said, imagine everything else that happens that we don't know about just because it's not on video but it's just like first she was doing the wrong thing her dog was not on the leash he wasn't threatening her at all he was asking her politely please put your dog on the leash she didn't want to do it so she used the fact that he was black in order to get him in trouble to weaponize that he was black and to me that was mind-blowing and i just wanted to get you guys' opinion on that like how do you guys feel about that about people making these accusations that clearly are not true just to pretty much you know use use their race as a superior race um, I gotta make a point about, about this after you guys make your points. I just wanna throw that in there. Well, again, that. I think it's just scary as shit <laughs> how a person's right. color can be a weapon. Like, like doesn't isn't that like, like I don't like I, they I would can't respond process to, that. Th- like they would respond to the a, way that a, she yeah. said a like, black no. man. Yeah, like would it be different if she said a white man was is, was threatening me? Yeah, it's like, like oh, haha, he's white. Like oh, we'll right? Take, we'll like, take a little longer to get there. Then is that what is that what the situation is? But how fast did that police officer get there? I I don't know much further okay. than that. No. But. It was it was more of like a social media post and then yeah. it was spread after that. It was spread after yeah. that. After I don't remember that. I don't know why, but that's crazy. <clears throat> one thing, one Wait. that woman used the used the police in the wrong way. One. Yeah, she used she was threatening someone with the police. And two, it's already given the policeman a bad idea, because the police officer doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. You know what I mean? She's he's just answering a phone call. Or the dispatcher is answering a phone call that there's something that's going on and this park. woman feels threatened. When you hear that, what if I were to hit you up and be like, yo, I feel threatened right now, Vic. Or I would say, yo, I'm in trouble. And then you'll be like, well, shit. What's, you yeah, automatically yeah. have presumptions in your like, mind. What's up? And it wires up. Imagine that police officer having to go onto that scene and 
And it's like, what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, so playing the devil's advocate again, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you guys think about um, the need to record those videos? Like, I'm saying, like, what if the guy um, came up to her without his phone out, without, like, recording it or anything like that, to instigate the argument? and was just asking her politely, do you think that would have played differently than how it did um, when someone's shoving a camera in your face expecting that you're going to take the opposite side and fight back because they see you as, like, the enemy as well? Or, like, you assume that they see you as the enemy as well? You know? I think at the same time, too, like, she knew she was being recorded. I mean, his phone was out. And she saw it, and she continued on with her behavior. So at the same token, she didn't care. She didn't care how she was going to be perceived by everybody on social media. She ended up losing her job. She ended yeah. up losing her dog. Her dog, she got him from a shelter, I think. She ended up losing everything in the end. But then again, like we have to take responsibility for our actions. At the same token, she called the police on a man that was not threatening her. She again use his his skin his skin color to mm-hmm. weaponize and telling a black man so at the same time it's like whether the phone was necessary or was necessary well, no, to I'm not saying, or not i'm not saying whether it was necessary or not i'm just saying how do you think it would have played out if they didn't record the video or pulled their it, phone out if they didn't it would have been her word against his and they would have taken hers exactly well yeah that as well but like because because in this if, world if black people to, are scary if we're trying to reduce that like stigma of racism or police brutality like if we instantly look for the like post to put on social media of it happening it like maybe it like brings it sooner than we'd want pure yeah, ignorance I, I don't is what that's her, called her actions wouldn't pure have changed ignorance. she still would have been the same person right and she still would have attacked this this poor black guy who just wanted to, to look at his birds in the park pure ignorance that's what it comes down to mike but then if we don't see it we're just as ignorant, we're just as yeah, blind right. because right. it hurts to see it. It hurts to see. That's our people. Mm-hmm. Because all of us, we're of color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's our people. So it hurts to see that. But at the same time, we need to see it so we see what is going on. So we're not blind to it. So we're not pretty much just blindsided well, we, we, by these things. You gotta be conscious well, we, towards we know it, it's though. There. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like at this point, it's like mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost sad that like I mean I think you said the other day, Vic. It's we're not even. Like we're we're numb to it at this exactly. point. Exactly, like, but why? But why? Course. That's bad though. But why is it taking us so long for change to come about? What's taking so long? Is it? Is it something that legislators don't want to pass? Just, is it the way things are being worded? What's What's going on? I think that the the fight is just so long and so drawn out. I mean, back like a hundred, two hundred years ago, you know, that people just like get tired of fighting and just settle back into it until until something happens again and people just rise up again, you know, but... But that's the problem. Yeah. We need it, something it's, it's bad tough, to happen in tough, order for us to, to react. So we're basically reactionary as opposed to preventative. Exactly. That's where we are as a society. Yeah, and that's why there's no change happening. So I have a question, though. Because so we're waiting for these moments to do something about it. Yeah, so why is it that, like, recently in these past few years, all of this is happening? Social like, was media. this still happening 10, 15 years ago? Or is it... Or is it, like, worse now, like, well, since well, this I mean, change in presidency? Like, not to bring that up, but, like, I don't I'm know, not, like, what happened these past 10 years. I, that... I think it, it's definitely social media has a huge play on it. I mean... Clip culture. I, mean, I hate it, Everyone, bro. Everyone has a phone in their hand. Everyone has yeah. at least, like, a tablet or a laptop or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? I hate these little clips, though, not to interrupt yeah, you, yeah. but I hate these little clips because they never tell the full story. You know what I mean? And we're never going to get it. That's what I I'm mean, saying. You can have, I could be recording you right now, and before saying anything, something crazy could have happened, and be like, hey, this is a calm rally, yeah. and then before that, it was just chaos. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or the other way around. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just the just way like that, that information travels. Yeah. Information travels rather quickly compared to, like, what, 20 years ago. Exactly. And it's the same thing, like, with the phones, with the tablets, and it's, and people try to create their own narrative to confirm like their bias. It's like confirmation bias. So like yeah. they try to create their own narrative for like everything. So just because they want to be right. And that's the problem. A lot of people just want to be right all the time and not be wrong mm-hmm. and shut down other people's opinions. 
which is what we don't re- represent here in this fucking podcast. Everyone has their own opinion in this fucking podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, then going off that, how do we feel about cancel culture? So, you know, no we cancel culture. So it's like um, though people find things you tweeted like five years ago, right? You said some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. Um, they'll bring it up, and they'll try to quote unquote cancel you, or like just try to like yeah, and just, your just yeah. because you yeah. you messed up or miss. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Or like, just, yeah. or just made you slipped up. You so slipped how up should they be held accountable? Like, should we be like, oh, okay, all right, they happened changed. Barstool. It happened five happened, years ago. Happened to the, yeah, the owner of Barstool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, Kevin Hart. What, what was it that? Uh, I have no idea what the he Mark Rice Barstool jokes. He was like... Because um, that was pretty recently, right? Yeah. 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 He was like, I, someone I was looks like an Arab. He said something like that. There's mm-hmm. some other jokes, too. So then he first put a video. He was like, I don't care. Um, yeah. This happened five years ago. The world was different. And then I guess he was having some backlash. I mean, it's, it's really so hard to take a side with that because, I mean, that's that's very true about, about it. I mean, it, it yeah. happened X many years ago. So there's... I mean, I'm, I'm a different person now. Times are different. But at the same time... Has any of that resentment or whatever the comment may have been or statement, has any of that stuck with that individual, you know? You're right. But the same thing happened with Kevin Hart. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was going to host the Oscars, but then trolls found his tweet from like 10, 12 years ago of him being homophobic. Yep. So, I mean, and I mean how do you judge? Why are people still judging a, wasn't people on their back, past? Wasn't he in fame back then? Too? Yeah. So it's like, why wasn't it seen back then? Exactly. Why, why are we looking for these things to tear people down at this point you know it's almost like it's like one big manipulation mm-hmm. over social media i just people, people are just trying to find, find any way to get famous or or get a front or get clicks on something it's power hungry that's why it's, facebook it's is the thing. devil it's a scary <laughs> thing. and twitter and all those social media outlets but you have crazy ass individuals out there just literally trying to tear people down but at the end of the day, it's you find your own truth, and you find whether or not you agree with something or not. But at the end of the day, you like people are gonna end up finding out that person is actually a good person. It's like, why are you attacking them now? Only you know yourself. That's right. So like, if someone says something about you, or if something happened X many years ago that you were involved in, and someone's bringing it up now, and you and you know the truth behind it. There's no reason to even, like, yourself feel like you're going to be... What were you going to say, Rosalie? Um, I just wanted to say, I... Do you guys at all, any of you feel this way? I feel like this new generation, the sensitivity level is at an all-time high as well. Something that you could have said 10 years ago, cool, ha, 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 mm-hmm. funny. But you say that same thing today, everybody gets offended. So I feel like... A, a lot of the things from back then at the time people were taking it running with it moving on but today it's like you have to be careful what you post on social media you have to be careful what you say to people because they get offended so easily and i'm not just saying that this this generation is pretty much just a bunch of weak people i'm not saying that at all but i'm saying there's a lot of people there's a lot in the public that they just everything is offensive so it's just like even if you say something and you don't even mean it in a bad way, it could easily be a joke or it could easily be an opinion, but you're not really targeting anyone, you know, because you can say something very broad, very general, and for some reason somebody thinks that that's their shoe and it fits them and they want to run with it and they want to get offended. Like, what, are you, what do you guys think about that? Do you guys see that at all? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, for example, what, 10 years ago, playing Xbox, we'd be saying some stupid shit. I'm not going to say what we'd be saying. Yeah, we were also age 13. Right? No, 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 okay, all right, but who, who cares, right? That's true, We that's still true. said who that, cares? we, we yeah, moved yeah, we on from that, exactly. right? We moved on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why can't people move on? Or why can't people realize, okay, ha, 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 let me move on from that. Like, like I do understand there's some things that can hurt, right? But why is it that we have to hold such resentment towards that and such, like, hate? Like, hello, we were okay with this 10 years ago. And it's a lot of the same people that we grew up with who are like, oh, okay, now we should do this, whatever. It's like, we, we I don't know, like, like that, I, I completely get it, but why is it that, I'm going to say it, we're so soft. We're- um, because, and I saw that the video that Mike had sent us, um, and I sent it to you, Mike, 
Um, <laughs> two mics we're talking about here. Um, oh, the, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Joe Rogan post. Exactly, so yeah. that dude literally said towards the end of, his, uh, of that clip, of that JRE clip, um, he literally said, uh, I don't, I'm paraphrasing now. It's, yep. um, it'll come. He said, in Charlottesville. why, why? Charleston? No, no, no. He no. said, why should I take offense of someone who's talking about me when they've only known me for 10 minutes? Exactly. But a lot of people take offense to it. Why do people, why don't certain individuals come to that clarity and they automatically take offense to it? Why is that? Yeah, that was a great point in that podcast. What, but why why is that? Why do people take <clears throat> such offense to bit like to things that they don't even know about you? You know what I mean? Or like a simple tweet that you sent ten years ago or things that we just said on said on Xbox ten years ago. Yeah. Imagine people coming at us, Vic, for shit we used to say ten years ago. Right. And that's yeah, how that's these people feel. Anymore. Exactly. That's but these are people calling other people out without even knowing them. Exactly. Why, why do people take such offense to it? Is it because they're insecure? Is it because they haven't come to the reality of that the past is the past and There's they can't move on? Some, some type of underlying insecurity. Yeah. There has to be. But even with insecurity, mm -hmm. though, haven't, don't they realize that they make mistakes as well? They're human beings as well? They're just well, they, coming at other people they, just they to must, come at them. They must think they're perfect. I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, <laughs> sheesh! I want to know that secret I, recipe, right? right. <laughs> of being perfect. But let me let me get on a let me get on a lighter note here, Rosalie. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's usually um, something that you have done in your past, right? And it was like for like the greater good of yourself, right? Like self improvement. Self improvement. Like, like self improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like something like you, like shit. I didn't realize that I knew that about myself, type of thing. And then right. you realize it a couple years later. Like, how would you try to explain that to somebody like who's trying to self and like improve themselves? Like that you did something five years ago, and you're like shit. Like I'm come to the realization now. Right. So for myself, um, Mike might not remember because Mike is seven years younger than me. Whoa. I just put my age out there. But <laughs> but for the most part, hey when, when I was younger, I was wild in high school. I, I was I was one of them. I didn't even graduate high school. I got my GED. It was it was that bad. And so for me, and I hate to go back to the same conversation, was literally joining the military. Like I needed some self-discipline. I needed to pretty much get to know myself all over again as an adult because when I was a teenager I wanted to act like an adult but I wasn't I was what 17 trying to act like I was 25 and so the same token is just everybody has to just like I did everybody has to find that one thing that's going to give you purpose that one thing that's going to teach you something that's Some going clarity. to help you grow exactly and for me that was it it is it is something that I I would die with that shit you know and it's like I'm damn proud of it because I busted my ass and what I learned is that I'm fucking strong. As a female, not a lot of people can do it. And I did that shit and, I mean, I came out stronger. Like, to this day, I don't take shit from nobody. And you, you can tell Mike, like, we were at the grocery store today and somebody tried to jump up and he's just still quiet. I'm like, fuck, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you can go ahead in front of him. Yeah, she was like, hold up, hold I'm up. Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was here before you. Like, I stand up for myself. And so that's what I got from that. And overall, everybody has to find that one thing. It that doesn't purpose. Right. It doesn't have to be the military. I just want to make sure, like, I don't want to like, join the military. No, I'm not a recruiter at all. But it has to be something. Like, maybe maybe for Mike, maybe it was school. Maybe for you guys, it, it was grad school or whatever the case. Like, everybody has that one thing. That one thing. And that was it for me. Do you think that there's a timeline for that? No. Why is that? Just because I'm all as shit, and I'm I'm still in that process where I, I know myself, I'm confident in my skin, I'm confident in who I am, but there's some things about myself that I'm still learning. There's some things about myself that I'm still working on. Like, Mike and I living together, this is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that you guys say that we get along great. Don't let it, we're still brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it fool you. Like, we fight, we get mad. Like, sometimes he goes to his room, he says something to me, then he comes back, apologizes. 
But that's life. You have to grow. You have to make sure that you say the right things when yeah. you need to say them. You gotta go through those emotions. Exactly. You have to go through it. And with my brother, he's very close. Like, he's not very open to talking, but I am. And so now we're learning to be in, in this new home together where it's like, okay, Mike, you didn't like that? Talk to me. Mike, you fucked up. Talk to me. And he doesn't like to talk. So now we're in that stage where even for him, this is new. And so this is a challenge for him as well. And I know this is for him is going to help him grow because now he's learning how to communicate with somebody, whether it be difficult or not, but he's learning to have that conversation whether he wants to. Let's get it. <laughs> how do you become more comfortable with being open? Or like, how can you like work on yourself? Like, think, are there any tips? I think for like, myself, um, when I started being a little more open with my family and my sister especially, I first I had to kind of be open to myself. Sounds kind of like cliche, but you know, you just gotta like um, be comfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to say like be comfortable in your skin, but you know, just be comfortable with yourself and and uh, where you are in life at this point, and just know that um, if you still want to better yourself, that you still have that chance, and it's not you know, it's not tough for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I think that's real cool though, because I think a lot a lot of people find it through like self help books through podcasts and just like learning about others, especially in hearing other advice on how to like improve as an individual. I think I'm lucky and blessed that at a relatively young age, I have friends like these right now. And um, just being able to communicate with other people, like you said, Rosalie, is so key because a lot of people don't like to communicate, and I think that's what's lacking in this society nowadays. Yep. It's simple conversations, just like what we're having right now. Yeah. Without having, you know, someone say, no, you're wrong. Yeah. This is right. Yeah, being or, able to hear the other side and not criticize it, but just sort of listen to it and there learn, you go. learn from it. There you go. Listen. Listen up, people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to agree with me. You just got to listen. Well, damn. That was a great... Great little conversation with you guys. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, so, no, that was thank good, you for inviting me, guys. Time. I'm yeah. so excited. This was my first time. <laughs> this, Rosalie was a little nervous before this. And we'll have another episode of Rosalie for sure. Yes. Once again, thank you guys. And thank we you. want you guys to say a little something to the mic. So repeat, after after me. It. repeat after me. All right. Repeat after <laughs> <laughs> Find out on the next episode. So what now? Find out on the next episode of So What Now. Yeah! <laughs> Run that Metro. <laughs>